everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from sweltering Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we've got uh, uh, a discussion about secrecy in religious organizations and specifically... Um, a new LDS rule for its local leaders. It's, it's not a, new. They just wanted well. to make sure everybody remembered <laughs> that this was the the rule. And it's getting a little bit of press at the moment. So yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about that. Um, but in the meantime, Dan, yeah. we've got some other stuff to get through. It's true. Uh, like this story, Dan, uh, that uh, caught my eye um, because I'm a big fan of Nigerian music. Oh, who um, isn't? And so uh, this Nigerian singer, um, I know nothing about Nigerian music. It might be really good. I don't know. I don't think this is good music, though, because um, it's specifically music, re- sort of religious type music um, that got the singer in some hot water with mm. the local um, authorities. You know, Uh-oh. when you live in a in an area with Sharia law, and uh, you know Sharia courts, <laughs> you better avoid things that might get you accused of blasphemy in your music. Ooh, uh, yeah. Well, um, a young man by the name of Yahya Sharif Aminu, he's 22 years old, um, has been found guilty of committing blasphemy uh, for a song he circulated earlier this year. Um, it, apparently it's, it's blasphemous against the prophet Muhammad. Uh, um, and is uh, it wet ass pussy? Is that the one? <laughs> How'd you guess? Uh, and apparently this is a thing that happens. Uh, these courts do like to issue death sentences. Did I say that? He got, he got <laughs> the death penalty for this. Um, uh, and, and they like issuing death sentences, uh, it is legal under Sharia law, of course. Uh, apparently, not a lot of them end up getting uh, carried out. Right. At least not yet. Um, but um, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, I wonder what he said about, you know, Muhammad. Right. right? Because to get everybody all riled up. Because <laughs> it must have been really bad. Right. Right. right? That's what. Right? Yeah, I mean, you agree with me, right? That, it, that's it must what be should horrifying. Like, must be equally like the terrible worst. to, for instance, drawing a picture of him. Oh, my God. Absolutely, <laughs> right? Um, the, because let me tell you, this song the, sparked protests. Uh, the, pro, the protesters went to burn down his fam- the singer's family home. Um, they gathered outside the headquarters of the Islamic police demanding a series of actions against the musician. Uh, the singer had been forced into hiding after he composed the song. Um, oh, man. At the moment, he's currently in detention. Um, so this is what the song, why the song was blasphemous. Because it, apparently it praised an imam uh, too much. <laughs> what? It, yeah. Um, the, the, there's an imam... Uh, that the, he's a big fan of, uh, and he he was he's too much. He, he praised him to the to, to the extent that the that these people felt like it elevated him above the Prophet Muhammad. Oh my God! He, you can't that be is... more popular than Muhammad. <laughs> right? No, this is important. No, 
Was it really was important. it was it Jim Morrison who said or no, it was the Beatles who said they were bigger than Jesus or something like that. Yeah, if if they had said that about Muhammad, then then the, they would be put to death the, in Nigeria. Been, yeah, it would have been really 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 bad. Yeah. Um so, but apparently the death sentence has appeased the protesters um <laughs> who uh have said that the judgment is a good one. It would send strong signals to others who might want to exhibit errant behaviors. Yeah, that's who, a pretty fucking strong signal. It's true. <laughs> or who are contemplating Toa's or uh, towing Yahawa's uh, path. That's the this musician. Right. Uh, when I heard about the judgment, I was so happy because it showed our protest wasn't in vain. That was one of the main organizers. No, um, no. It sounds like your protest was super effective. Super so successful. Yeah. Great. Go no. on, guys. Well done. We're going to send some Black Lives Matter people over to, to learn some good lessons in how to protest successfully. Because uh, <laughs> apparently you guys have a down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Nigeria. Okay. Oh. There you go. I did not know that Nigeria was, uh, was that far off the deep end. Apparent, well... I mean, I guess it, one I guess of the, they are. This is in the uh, a northern state, the northern Nigerian states, which oh. have kind of one of those joint Sharia law, not Sharia law things, where if you're not Muslim, right. you're not held to Sharia law. But whatever. Oh my God! I think that it's amazing. Yeah, get you got you got to leave before you you release any of your music. You got to leave some of these countries before you do your music. Is oh, yeah. the is the answer to this? Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep us home home side. I'm gonna keep us in these United States and go to Arizona, where uh, the Winslow Unified School District Number One, back there in Arizona, was was holding their kickoff for staffers. Okay. Uh, so, in this particular era, in this moment in history, I would think that the Back to school, like launch for all of the staff of an entire unified school district would be entirely centered around uh, what are we going to do with this COVID stuff? Yeah. How are we? How are we dealing with this? What are we doing? Blah blah blah. It, I mean, it's like it's all they need to talk about right now. Yeah, because every teacher in the country, most all over the world, are. But especially in our country where we've decided that uh, we'll just, you know, play dice with people's lives uh, with this thing. They, it, that's all you want to talk about. It is insane right now. But they went a different direction. Hmm. Uh, they're at the Winslow School District. Hmm. They, uh, they listened to, uh, uh, they, they invited a pastor to, to come out and chat with them. Oh, good. Um, that's good. That's that's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. But that's okay, because the next speaker was a pastor. So that's... Oh, wait. Oh, no. That's that's doubly inappropriate. But all of that's fine. The next speaker was... Oh, really? Another pastor? Oh, that's no. interesting. Nine in total. What? Religious leaders invited what? to come and talk to a whole bunch of very, very concerned... Uh, school staff. Uh, oh my God! They they held a revival for them. They did. 
They basically had a revival. 90 minutes of Bible quotes and prayer. What? uh, Yeah. Apparently one person uh, said, raise your hands to show, you know, they want to raise their hands to show their belief in God and, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, God will protect them from COVID-19. It was was sort of the takeaway of the whole thing, which <laughs> is awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listening at home, hey, if your kids go to school in the uh, Winslow Unified School District Number 1 in Arizona, might consider homeschooling. Yeah. Just saying, uh, maybe things aren't going great <laughs> this particular semester. Oh, and so, so I mean, that's it, right? Like, they just talked religion at him the whole time? Yeah. Was, was, yeah. Did, did the superintendent ever get up and say anything Anything else? I don't know. I suppose so. Was I wasn't just there. just like a, a big setup, right? Yeah. And now uh, the superintendent. Yeah. No. The Americans United for Separation of Church and State have sent a... Uh, a scathing letter to them. Good. Uh, to the superintendent. Yeah. One, one Catherine Zanin. Uh, oh, no. But, but yeah, honestly, how, I don't, I don't know how you can think that's okay. <laughs> I don't know on what planet that seems like a useful or, uh, or legal thing to do. Yeah. But I, man, well, that's, insane. Uh, that's just some horrific bullshit right there. It, I you heard I, I heard you say Arizona. Did you say the name of the town? I it, Win I guess Winslow. Winslow. Okay. Yeah. A small place? Do we know? Like I, I don't know anything about the Winslow, the Arizona Winslow metropolitan area. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, bullshit nonetheless. No matter where it happened. Yeah. Less surprising just, in small towns, but just insanity. Oh God. Just, Utter insanity, but AZ is like that. Yeah. Well, Dan, um, as you know, there was a huge explosion that rocked uh, Beirut and this this last week. Um, I like to think of it as uh, as big fireworks. (laughs) It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, It shook essentially the entire country, and like it unbelievable an unbelievable explosion um killed 163 people uh is is the tally at the moment uh injured over 6,000 people uh whenever anything like this happens um you know people can be and 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 should be quick to blame um and that's what the the people of lebanon are currently doing they're blaming um the the lack of uh, competent leadership in the country and corruption, the corrupt leaders, so forth and so on. Um, well, there's a Qatar, uh, a Qatari sociologist uh, who's also chiming in. Um, <laughs> his name is Abed Al Aziz Kazraj Al Ansari. I okay. think I did pretty pretty well with that. Um, I'm going to say you nailed it. I did nail it. Um, he. He has a theory as to to, to what this actually was. Uh, he says that it was divine punishment for the Lebanese people's blasphemy uh, uh. and apparently uh, their widespread cursing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, he says 
Uh, you curse God, you curse religion, but you want God to bless you. This swearing <laughs> is probably the main reason for all the suffering you're in. Oh, um, he he says that like in in sort of like he he specifically compares the Lebanese swearing to sort of American, British, and French. <laughs> swearing he says they swear at one's mother and whatnot and when it's huge they say god damn it right <laughs> but if you go to lebanon they say damn your religion damn your god uh, and oh. he, he doesn't like that that's i guess that's maybe how the swearing works is uh damn your religion damn your god i don't know he, yeah well I, those are the phrases but he's that, also yeah, that sounds like that sounds like normal swearing that's yeah, that's what that's, you expect sounds to hear pretty typical stuff <laughs> uh he says that he uh that also um you know beirut is a center for plastic surgery okay um, and and it wouldn't be a good religious uh dipshit rant if he left off uh, left out the homosexual so he, he got around oh, to that yeah. as well um but he says that uh uh lebanon is famous for changing god's creation you want lip injections go to lebanon you want breast implants uh you want to change god's creation your face go to lebanon i i do want to change god's creation not yeah. my face but there's plenty that i want to change so um, maybe i should go to lebanon maybe you should uh they 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 need they need help uh Good they need Lord. money um but he also um he then encourages and, and just to make sure that like he's not just criticizing without also suggesting action um <laughs> he uh he says the people of Lebanon must now cut the tongue of each person who curses God in the streets. Oh, okay. You want Good. your get this. You want your situation to improve? Start with this work and see how God will change your situation. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. just calling for a little good old-fashioned uh, work. <laughs> just uh, put put your now perfect nose to the grindstone and do some <laughs> some work oh wow. golly swearing geez. as as a reason for divine retribution i think that that's man these people believe in petty ass gods you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like yeah. honestly your god is stupid yeah. you have the shittiest god how can you be how can you be proud of that i know God, but I mean, that's it though. God has to be petty. God has to be like for, for, for these churches or churches, for these religions to be able to control, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're people. It, it has to dip into the most mundane and, and, and ridiculous aspects of human life. Right. Yeah. Like cursing, you know, you, you yeah. hit your, your thumb with a hammer, you know, you're, you're going to yell out and it doesn't yeah. matter what you say, right? No, you it does matter out. though. You're wrong because actually if you swear, it makes you feel better. We know that from science. <laughs> really? It does. Yeah. But what if kind you of actually, swear? If, if you don't swear, you don't get the benefits of swearing, which apparently it has, uh, it has numerous benefits, but one of them is actually that you actually can tolerate pain better if you swear. But don't you think that it's it's like whatever naturally comes to your tongue, right? 
the 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 the, the, the like if you had only ever heard the word darn it and it was the worst thing you've ever heard then it's a swear right well no, what it, what has to happen is that it has to have social oomph for really? it to work yeah you have to have heard you you have to have been uh socialized that these that this is a, a a word that has extra zing that has extra oomph for it to work. So Mormons, when they say fetch and flip, doesn't count. So they experience more pain when they smash their thumb. Yeah. yeah. Good. If you don't scream out "fuck my ass," you are missing out on some pain relief. That I love that. I yeah. love that. They're just torturing themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Flip. Doodle. Yeah, not gonna. That still hurts. Yeah, <laughs> say something good. Yeah, you're gonna have to send me a link to that because I want to believe you. Well, I do someone, believe you. I do. Believe someone you, didn't listen but... to our report on it on uh, the How to Heretic, which did a very fun. We 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 interviewed a guy. It was great. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, most. Uh, so. Here's the thing about Americans. We have done a piss poor job of uh, dealing with this COVID thing. I think that much is clear the world over. All of our foreign listeners understand that. Most uh, our listeners here stateside get it. A lot of people don't. It's hard to get a bead on uh, on where people in this country are. But a new uh, a survey from the Pew Research Center has come out. And this one's interesting because we've seen, uh, and we've we've talked about some of it, but like half of the stories that I read are COVID related, and I'm just bored with it, so I don't report a lot of COVID stories on our show. But like, pastors are dying left and right. You know, you I read all these stories about you know congregations of churches. One guy shows up who's infected, and then now there's. 82 people who were infected or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is happening all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, so the question becomes, and also like re religious dill holes are constantly droning on about how you shouldn't allow, you got to allow the churches to open. You should never, you know, it's, they're just furious about the churches not being open. You know, Disney World is open, but the churches aren't supposed to open. That's religious discrimination and blah, blah, blah. So uh, Pew did a did a poll uh, did, and or a survey. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, <laughs> and they asked Americans whether they thought that houses of worship should be subject to the same social distancing rules as other organizations. Yes. Now, uh, the answer I, is Frank, yes. The, the, the very correct answer, there is a correct answer to this. Yes. That is, that is true. <laughs> um, but the, the, fa the, the, the fact of there being a correct answer doesn't pr ever prevent Americans from answering the wrong way because their opinions are more important than the facts. So here's the question. What percentage of U.S. adults, do you think think uh, think that America or that churches should be required to follow the same rules as other organizations? Oh, God! It's how many think that they should have to? It's probably 
30 to 35 percent or something like that okay interesting what good news 79 percent of americans believe that churches should have to follow the same rules as oh, everybody else i thought you were leading this a totally different <laughs> direction you thought we were going to go down a darker road uh, oh thank God. no what? i got let me tell you something 65 percent of republicans what? are saying that they think that they should that the churches should have to follow the same social distancing rules oh and i had just completely taken them out of the equation right holy 70, crap 74 percent christians 80 percent of jews 89 percent of unaffiliated people democrats people who lean democratic 93 percent of them then we so, legit needs to need to tell these people just to go fuck off yeah yeah it's very clear like the consensus of america is clear and yet you know this small group of whiny ass pastors will not shut up i yeah shut so up there you go that's just just, just shut, shut your mouths shut we up. have spoken yeah almost 80 percent of americans i'm so proud of us i would have thought it was in the 50s well i've always been a believer in the american people Oh, I haven't. No, I'm not anymore. I think not it's anymore. our system that's all screwing and oh, broken. Yeah. Like, like the like, system's broken. I, I the people we, are broken. Yeah. Everything's broken. We, we've got a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. And I and I think that like, but like, I don't know. And I know it's just my lived experience. But like, even the people who I don't agree with politically, right, in my life, for the most right. part, aren't assholes, right? Like generally you encounter good people right and then it's some uh, yeah. some random you know sorry for any listeners named karen but there's some random karen right um yeah. who who's a fussy about you know whatever and yeah. and but it but even as somebody who like you know for years worked in kind of a well in a customer service you know environment environment yeah um like the thing that you'd always have to remind yourself of is the the dick who's ruining your night, right? Is yeah. one out of how many people in this building, right? Yeah, and it's just like so. It's like it's it's it's. I believe in people. I think we have a horrible broken system that is driving a wedge between us and trying to make make us not think that that we're we're all americans and that we're all in this together right well that is a beautiful and hopeful thing that i don't fully agree with because i think people are are a little i i think here's the thing i've come to a much more nuanced version of my view of human beings which is that everybody has a lot of good in them and everybody has a little bad in them and how you let those play out inside of you is sort of a, a telling thing about your character but like right. yeah every karen that calls the cops on people who are just having a barbecue at the park yeah also probably does nice things for non-people of color you know in their <laughs> church or whatever so like there's a there's a there's you know a cadre of 25 right. people who will swear that karen is the best person you've ever met and you just don't understand Right. She's, you know, this was just a misstep on her part, but she's right. actually the sweetest thing in the world. 
So I don't believe in good people or bad people. I just believe people have some bullshit in them, and they've got some good in them, and uh, and hopefully everybody leans a little bit right, harder to I, their. I, I think I think that this continues on essentially with with the same point that I think most people are trying to be good, right? Most yeah. people are trying to follow the the better parts of their of of you know the better angels of their nature. Yeah, exactly. I, I think oh, okay. so. Like I, I think it's hard to live in a world where you think that it's the opposite, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anywho, there you go. Um, we couldn't live as a society if it were <laughs> the opposite. No, I'm serious. Like, like we haven't talked about pro-social behavior on the show explicitly in a very, very long time. But it used yeah. to be a theme that came up a lot. That's and, true. And and in order for a society to work on any level, right? Especially, you know one that is as vast and as diverse as ours, you got to have most people at least trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anywho. Um, well, this uh, interesting topic to segue into um, here. Um, I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners uh, were aware of a uh, Bible that was burned in Portland, Oregon. Um ostensibly as part of a or purportedly as part of a uh a black lives matter uh protest um, sure and uh, the story had kind of gone around that a stack of bibles um had been uh, had been burned um and that uh it was topped off with american flags and and so forth and so on um and then the the, the story came out and, and this was this was cir- circulated around by uh the new york post the federalist uh ted cruz donald trump jr and then it it it, it turns out um that the, the kind of the truth comes out and that this was a um a russian effort to um, stoke anger in 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 the United States and to right. to feed the right and to give them something to to be furious about and to throw mud and sling mud over at, at, at the Democrats or, or the left, yeah. right? Um, and, and to discredit and to, yeah, yeah, all, of, all of that crap, right? Um, and so uh, there, there was this interesting article in the New York times about specifically how this, how this is kind of working in this election cycle, because we know four years ago, uh, the, the Russians, um, who were meddling in our election, um, were more actively engaged in sort of creating, um, fake, um, profiles on social media platforms. Um, they were using bots to kind of raise the, the 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 prominence of certain you know posts and whatnot right through by creating artificial activity by liking and and all that kind of stuff um well these are a lot of accusations that you're making right now frank and i'm not comfortable with it <laughs> really you don't <laughs> like that kidding. um no, a- no anywho this this is sort of this is it's it's uh this is known this is uh it's it's been reported on extensively um and even if uh the president of the united states refuses to acknowledge the help that he received right 
Um, even though he called for it, even though explicitly for it. during his uh, <laughs> during a, a rally. So yeah. Anyway, um, I again just uh, I thought this was important to bring up just to kind of point out um, some of what they're doing this go around. Um, the they're, they're they've shifted their strategy a bit. It's a little or seemingly they've shifted um, into more of an information laundering type operation. Um, where they create the the story, which, by the way, so the way this all went down with the Bible, it was um, a couple of the people at this protest were building a fire. They were using kindling. They happened to, for whatever reason, use put a Bible on onto the fire. And the important thing that the the article points out is that the crowd wasn't paying any attention. They weren't doing this to like draw to, to rile to, to everybody, rile everybody up, up and it wasn't part of like the 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 crowd was paying attention to other things at this point they were later paying a lot of attention to the burning of the flag that was kind of the point of the fire apparently right okay you, you could speculate that they were building the fire to, to, to burn the flag um sure. and so i don't know about this bible i like it's just such a weird random thing to to to, to use as kindling there must have been some intent to burn a Bible. But right. anyway, it was these these guys over in this other area that weren't the focus of attention. Um, and then a reporter who was there from Ruptly, which is owned by RT, which is a Kremlin-financed uh, news organization. Um, the finest news you can buy. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen RT videos. They have kind of this little green and black little right. logo in the corner. And I remember years ago first discovering RT, and I didn't know what it was. And I've always had a, like a fascination with, with like whenever there's a foreign news outlet that decides to to do a broadcast in English, right? right. Like I'm always kind of fascinated. Like, oh, what's what's? I'd like to hear their take, right? And so sure. I remember watching a couple RT videos and just being like, no, what, what is this? It's obviously Russian and okay, but it's not obvious. Actually, it's not obviously Russian. You kind of have to dig around for a second. And then, right. um, and then like I started getting wise to, to the fact that it was a propaganda machine and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh God, well, they have this new brand or another brand called Ruptly. Um, and one of their reporters was the one that got the video. And then it may, it's kind of circulates around and this, one account posts it on Twitter and then it gets retweeted by a prominent sort of uh, agitator type, right? I can't remember his, right. his handle. Um, and the original account disappears and then he sends it out and then he starts getting all the retweets. And at a certain point in this entire thing, nobody's talking about where to like even this retweeter, right? Right. Um, and so I'm bringing this up as like a public service announcement more than anything. Okay. Right? Yes. That, that we're in the final 80 ish days of this election cycle and it's going to get ugly. Right. These last yeah. couple months are going to just be a mess. Expect an October surprise. Um, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Yeah. Not, not, not a fun one. Yeah. And it's going to be some nasty accusations about Biden and or Kamala Harris, uh, preferably both. Um, and, um, 
and there's going to be a lot of other disinformation type stuff and the best ones of these are the ones like this where there's a nugget of it that's true there was yeah. a bible that was burned at that protest right um it wasn't burned as part of the protest but they were able right. to take it and twist it and turn it and then it gets into this this shouting echo chamber where people are just retweeting it without even probably watching the video and every comment about it gets more outrageous and it gets twisted and i know everybody already knows this stuff i just please everybody just pay attention right well that people don't know i mean at least you know your aunt sally who retweeted this or who's, who's <laughs> yes, she up in know. arms about it <laughs> She doesn't, she doesn't know, know that she's being manipulated by Russian like Twitter bots. Like, well, the, these aren't bots. They've they've moved. These are these are actors well, who've but not not to be pedantic about it. Sorry. I'm I'm saying like I'm saying yeah they do that, but then like Russian bots also and like proliferate it. Like, sure. This is yeah. one of those things where fully half of like COVID nineteen is a hoax tweet uh, yeah, tweets yeah, yeah, yeah. are 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 bots. This is this is how this this thing takes off. So yeah, yeah uh, just uh, I don't know. I don't even bother educating your family. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. They're not paying it. They don't care <laughs> about the actual <laughs> truth of the matter. What they care about is their their precious conspiracy theory well, uh, cult that they've joined. If there was a way, and this this is this is what we need more of, is not a dissection of each individual story that come bad fake story that does come up um what we need is for people to have a better understanding of how of these techniques right yeah because if you know about the technique and and you can talk about the technique outside of the issue or whatever maybe there's more opportunity to educate people about how they're being manipulated and yeah. then the information, it, it's basically how media literacy works. And this is, a, a, right. a, a, this is media literacy, right? It's totally. when you know how, for example, a film can be edited or shot in order to change your perspective about the subject matter, right? How, how film can, and, and television can manipulate you, right? Just to feel an emotion, right? Like, right. like not even. Well, maybe they even can for... manipulate you. I'm unmanipulable. <laughs> but but you end up feeling an emotion because because of how it's made, right? They craft it that they, way. They've they've made it that way, and yeah. and this is this is exactly the same kind of stuff. It's been designed to elicit a response on a on a on a societal level, and uh, just be aware of it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, try not and to then, let yourself be yeah. easily manipulated. Well, and and that's I, I at this point don't believe anything, <laughs> right? I I, I know even... I know my basic truths, and I know that Donald Trump's destroying the country, right? Right. That's all I need. Yeah. Vote for Biden, right? That's all yeah. I need. At this point, that's that's all you can do. All right. Well, I'm going to take us to. Uh, Finally, we're gonna we're gonna go to Liberty University. Oh, land of so much liberty, and <laughs> and so little university. Um, where which is run by one Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, and a, a man to whom I made uh, 
incorrect reference last week, or rather, I oh. talked. I got I got my two my 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 juniors mixed up. Oh, uh, I was I thought I was talking about Franklin Graham because we remember we were talking about Billy Graham and his his thing going up his statue going up yeah. in uh, in DC. Yeah, and I referenced a photograph that was actually Jerry Falwell Jr., not Franklin Graham. Oh Jesus Christ. You, you I, get, get, you, I get, get the two of them mixed up all the time. They're, they're both sons of very prominent uh, uh, pastors, who and the sons are obviously worse, way worse than than the daddies. Because oh, yeah. when you when you inherit preaching as the family biz, <laughs> uh, I, the, nothing's worse than worse than a preacher's kid. That's that's just a fact. <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, no, sorry, nothing's worse than a preacher's kid who also becomes a preacher. Right. There you that's go. that's the worst thing. <laughs> preacher's kids who like rebel and you know go off and have sex and drugs and have some fun. Great, more power to you. Anywho, Jerry Falwell Jr. was the one who took a picture, who posted inexplicably a photograph of himself on his yacht. With his arm around a young woman who her pants are undone. She he later claimed that this is because she's pregnant and the pants don't fit. <laughs> Fine. Also, her shirt is pulled up and her midriff is showing. I don't care about that. His pants also undone. Yeah. His shirt also pulled up, midriff showing. And he's holding what is very clearly uh not as he claims, black water in his glass. <laughs> that is perhaps my f- favorite part of his entire post. Is, right. Is his claim that it's not wine. <laughs> <laughs> or liquor or whatever. If he had just said Coke, everything would have been fine. Yeah, enjoying a Coke but he, while showing off our bellies or whatever. Right. I promise his the exact quote in the tweet was I promise that's just black water in my glass. It was a prop only. What the fuck are a you talking prop? about? Now we know you you're did. lying. Yeah, because you don't take props on your boat with you when you're hanging out with a bunch of friends. Right. Anyway, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> this is a man who we have reported on for a long time. Because he keeps, he's got all these, like, crazy things that keep happening to him. Like, racist tweets. That was just from last May. A whole pool pool boy scandal thing. Like, racy pictures that he's, just craziness. Yeah. Just madness. None of those things seemed to be the final straw. But this photograph. <laughs> Of him with his fly <laughs> open, his pants open, and his belly hanging out oh was the last straw. It's amazing. He is out at Liberty <laughs> University, at least temporarily, but indefinitely, oh. on a leave of absence. Yeah. And uh, and the uh, the the former head of the of the board of directors or whatever is taken over for now. Yeah, pool boy lovers couldn't do it. Right. Unbelievable. What the fuck is going on with these people? But man, you uh, you hold a glass of black water and <laughs> everybody just loses their mind. <laughs> oh, Does he it. know that black water is actually just how people refer to toilet water? Like, 
That's a thing. That's <laughs> He's toilet like, I'm water. just drinking poo water. I'm just drinking poo. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not alcohol. <laughs> Everybody, just chill out. It's a prop glass well, of poo water. Well, I hope water. it's just poo water or prop poo water then. Right. Like, yeah. That's the only. There you go. Anyway. So there you go. Hey, uh, if you'd like to tell us uh, why other reasons why Jerry Falwell Jr. should have been kicked out of Liberty University earlier, you can write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or. You could leave us a voicemail message. Uh, just call uh, 424-666-8442. There's more show coming up. We'll be right back. Dan. Hey. Uh, we have some audio from somebody new to the show this week. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't re- recall uh, ever playing this guy before. I don't think if we have, it's been a, a quite a quite a ways back. Uh, his name is James uh, Robeson. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just like any other sort of televangelist-y type of, you know, founder it, of an- his own sort of Christian you know organizations and whatnot he's an old white guy is what he is (laughs) that's of course that's who he is and of course he's all up in arms about covid19 and he's got his uh theory about well he knows what's going on is what he does exactly uh and what's great is so he's talking to another guy the video has a split screen between these two they're both on like zoom or whatever and uh and uh, the other guy is wobbling back and forth. He's vast. He's like, he's like, so into what this guy is saying that he is literally vibrating in his chair. <laughs> uh, and of course, what what's great is that Robeson himself uh, is an old guy, and so what we're getting is the sound, the audio from his laptop or whatever, because it sounds like crap. So. Here's, uh, here's James Robinson sounding like crap. We were seeing miraculous answers to prayer. Satan, the father of lies, division, dissension, death, and destruction was losing ground that he had gained. We were beginning to see the value of every life, the importance of loving every person beginning with God and our neighbors. We were beginning to see the economy become strong again. We were seeing the justice system reform mightily. We were seeing great changes. We were seeing security in our nations becoming stronger. Our military to protect freedom and all that is precious becoming stronger. I'm saying, and I really do believe this, Satan himself losing ground went ballistic. No question we had sowed the seeds of destruction. We had turned our back on God. We put other things before God. We had opened the way for destruction and deception to come in but we were beginning to push back miraculously. And of all things, the last person on the planet we thought would stand up for what's right, this president, Donald J. Trump, began to stand up for what was best. And I personally believe the pandemic, the whole bit, is not just that we were too often vulnerable, but I believe Satan went ballistic and had to stop the progress that was being made because we were glimpsing a spiritual awakening and answered prayer. Do you bear witness with what I just said? I'd really like to know. Now, listen, we can't deny the fact that it can't be a coincidence that COVID-19 
the social unrest, the melees, all of this takes place in this limited span of time. What is the what is the enemy so mad about? I agree. What is the enemy so mad about, Frank? <laughs> He's just so mad. He's just mad. Uh, I I think you know we've said it before on the show, but these guys need to read their own fucking book. I know. It is not Satan that sends plagues, my friend. That's not his M.O. That is another guy. There's this other guy in your book who's the guy who sends all of the plagues. Yeah. Every single time, if there's a plague, you know, if you're being tempted to, like, have sex with someone that you actually want to have sex with or, you know, drink something fun, that's the other guy. Yeah. That's the Satan. Yeah, Satan. But it's your guy that sends the yeah, plague. You're right. Satan doesn't punish in this lifetime. He wants no. you doing the the the, the bad stuff. Yeah. He wants you to be happy there, so you can be damned eternally. Yeah, exactly. According to them, of course. But um, yeah, um, yeah. And I I just I always think that the 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 strange obsession with like um, you know the economy and the military in in sort right. of this context, it's like. <laughs> Again, it's just this absolute contradiction of like any Christianity that I would have ever thought. Recognized. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, yeah. like riches are not praised in the Bible, right? No. No, they're definitely like the opposite is very much the case. Yeah. At least with Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe Old Testament you can get some sure. praising of riches yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but the, but like military and like all these things that just seem so opposite to to you know the the message to Christ's message, right? Yeah, it's just I just it's amazing. I love the middle part of this where he see it feels like he loses the plot of his own thing for a minute. There, he's like. Everything's going. Everything's going bad. Uh, you know. Well, first he's like, everything's was going great in our country, yeah. and then he goes, I mean, sure, we had invited the the enemy to come in, and we were doing bad, but we were doing good. Wait, wait, what was I saying? <laughs> we were doing good, or we were doing bad. Both, both things were happening, and Satan hates it. Yeah. Oh my God. That was, uh, yeah, that, you gotta love it when their own brain ties itself into a knot accidentally. <laughs> All right, we have some right. emails, correct? We do have some emails. Uh, we had a couple people write into us because we discussed doctors and oh, yeah. the, uh, the idea that maybe a doctor who puts more, uh, more stock in their faith than in the science is a scary prospect and may and might be someone that you'd want to reconsider yeah, doctoring. I figured we'd hear um, something about that. Yeah, so uh Brian wrote into us uh with a uh, a beautiful long email that I'm going to uh excerpt now and and we'll sort of walk our way through it. But uh but yeah, a, a sort of heartbreaking story. Hello heathens. Uh, he says, you asked where we draw the line on doctors that are religious. I can tell you my girlfriend's story. In 2017, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was very afraid of pain and getting treatments that might not work. She wanted to take to just take an anti-cancer drug to slow it down and skip the whole surgery chemo process. 
We went in to meet with the oncologist. He was trying to talk her into doing the whole regimen. And then out of nowhere, he says, God wants you to get well. Hmm. I thought we might be in trouble at that point, as one of the questions we had a- we had to ask would would uh, sorry was would he support death with dignity if it came to that? Huh. For those who don't know, death with with dignity is sort of a catchphrase for uh, uh, euthanasia hmm. or for for uh, people being able to take their own their death into their own hands, uh, in especially in cases of uh, you know of terminal illness mm-hmm. um he seemed put out that she didn't want to do the full treatment and said god wants you to get well a couple more times eventually he agreed to just let her start taking the drug without doing the full treatment we asked if in the worst case scenario he would support her using death with dignity and he said no he would not hmm. we elected to find another doctor yeah they the clinic seemed a bit put out, but we got another doctor who agreed he would support her death with dignity decision if needed. We had to to stay with with that clinic as the only other one in town was Franciscan. Oh, okay. The new doctor talked her into doing a consult with another clinic in Seattle, and she decided to do the full regimen, chemo, surgery, and radiation after that. Mm. At the end of 2018, she was cancer-free. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Apparently, the cancer came back. They found, uh, so they had to go and find a doctor willing to do their death with dignity. Mm. Uh, She fought the cancer as long as possible. Mm. Uh, Things took turns for the worse. Mm. Uh, So back to Brian's email. She took the death with dignity medicine and died peacefully three days later. Mm. Those three days were the worst I can remember. She was down to 70 pounds and was having trouble breathing. Mm. At least the suffering was over. I got a card from the staff at the clinic after she died. The doctor who helped with her death with dignity medicine. Oh, and by the way, she had gone to another doctor. The doctor who had, the second doctor who had promised that he would help with her death with dignity. uh, They found out that he reneged on that um, in reading reading uh, his notes. Oh, okay. But he never told them. So that's cute. Um. I got sorry. I got a card from the staff uh, at the clinic after she died. The doctor who helped with her death with dignity medicine had signed it. "Quote: My thoughts and prayers are with you." I guess compassion is more important than beliefs. I think that uh, the first doctor is technically competent, but should really keep the God stuff out out of it, or at least ask patients if they are believers before spouting off. Hmm. I guess the lesson is there's no real way to tell what any doctor will do, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Really, really tough stuff there. Uh, but yeah, it's so important. And you have the right to ask your doctors yeah. where they're at with certain things. Because, and I think, you know, Brian points out uh, later, a little later in the email that, yeah, asking, for, asking whether uh, they're okay with death with dignity is actually a good surrogate for finding out your doctor's compassion level. Yeah, yeah. Um, Death with dignity, by the way, is not something that is legal in a lot of states in the U.S., I think. Or did they... I don't remember. I don't think it is legal in most places. Uh, So so you'll have to sort of sort that out amongst yourselves. And, you know, those of you who are abroad, I don't, you know, there are a lot... There are a few countries where euthanasia is 
is legal and others where it's not. Right. Uh, so individual results may vary. Um, Anna also wrote in on the same topic. Hi, Frank and Dan. Uh, I think that for women, it's much more important to make sure that you get a doctor without the baggage of Christian beliefs. While a demon-based diagnosis for allergies would be crazy rare, bad diagnoses for women are very common. I've run into several doctors who had strong, obviously patriarchal attitudes towards women patients. Hmm. The older and more religious they were, the more that attitude outweighed the current medical standards. I won't go into any specifics, but my daughter and I were both affected by this problem. I currently go to a family medicine residency clinic, and my young, not-quite doctors are much better than the old guard who treated me with disdain. Hmm. So that is a that's a great point, man. It's a uh, it's when w- you know when these guys come up through the the ranks of especially Christian religions, they often don't have any respect for women, right? Which uh, which is, I would say, and this may be controversial on my part, a problem. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Uh, we have somebody who who uh, we have a voice. We do have a voicemail, Dan. Um, this is um, a, a listener who is uh, sharing a story about an interaction he had with somebody who um, it, he felt there was a little bit of uh, conflict in it, in in sort of this person's uh, uh, beliefs and and actions. I guess yeah. you could say. So yeah, let's let's yeah. have a listen. Hey, Frank and Dan, it's Matt hanging out down in South Carolina, and uh, I wanted to relay an interesting interaction I had at work. Uh, I travel for work, and I met a gentleman who uh, was very intelligent, very smart engineer, and he uh, said some not necessarily borderline, completely over-the-line racist things one-on-one to me that made me uncomfortable. Well, the next day at work, um, chatting again, he surprised the heck out of me, a man from Alabama and who had said racist things, then came out to me as an atheist. I think he had maybe caught the way I talked or perhaps could tell by the way I acted. But anyways, I thought I'd like to hear your thoughts on, uh, you know, the fact that we definitely have members in our ranks that, you know, we can't control their religious beliefs. For sure, they just don't take a religious one. But they are people who are also nursing other hatreds you know, despite not believing in God, I, I just was interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Well, poo, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we have assholes in our group too. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, it's not just going to be, you know, racism. There's all sorts of isms that you're going to find, I yeah. suppose, out there amongst atheists. Yeah. It's not like just because you figured out the God thing, you've figured out how to work through, you know, uh, things that you were, you know, taught probably growing up, you know? Yeah. If your parents are racist, there's a a likelihood, especially, you know, I would think a lot of the younger people probably maybe or have do a better job of kind of working through a lot of these things all at once or whatnot. I don't know. But like, here's this old guy who, who knows when he became an atheist and he had a lifetime of racism probably as well. So. Well, and here's the thing. It doesn't even have to be a lifetime. A lot of, uh, yeah, we, you know, there are people who were leaders of our movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're still acting like 
ding-dongs. They're out there being dickheads. They're out there being yeah. sexist yeah. and racist. And, you know, just it's so, you know, we're not a perfect group. We're we're a, we need to call it out in each other. We need to uh, make sure that we understand that uh, that, you know, racism is unacceptable by anybody. Yeah. And so if we see it in our group, we definitely need to uh, to, to make sure that people under the people who are being racist uh, are 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 told that they're not be that 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 it's not acceptable that we don't accept that. Yeah, it but, is uh, telling though that it is surprising that an atheist would be racist, right? That it says something yeah. about religion and racism. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right? nice. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it that the that the two do go hand in hand at least historically. Uh, sure. in, in in this country and uh, and in in the history of the world, really, um, right? Religions about in groups and out groups, and you know, what better yeah. way to, yeah. Anyway, well, hey, uh, we got s- some folks to thank, uh, and I'm going to launch into we owe someone a conver- a anointing into our priesthood here at Thank God I'm Atheist. And that person is Response Agency. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't have a, an actual name, but Response Agency uh, gave to us through our PayPal, yeah. which is amazing. And uh, thank you so much. And, and so we're going to bestow what? What? Like uh, priest I think we're going to we're gonna go with a priest. Awesome. You are now a priest in the Aaronic Priesthood of the Thank God I'm Atheist. So thank you so much, Response Agency. we got one other person to thank, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we do indeed. Our top donor, Dan, over on Patreon, um, our Lord and Savior, Davis. Oh, praise be he. We'll have more information at the end of the show with how you can give, but uh, these are the best people on Earth. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Hey, Dan. Hey. So the LDS Church this last week sent a little letter around. Who, the Mormons? The Myrmans. <laughs> um, they sent a letter around to their local leaders uh, clarifying an issue um, yeah. or a stance, I guess, of the church um, that, they, that these leaders are not in any way, shape, or form to ever participate in, quote, any type of court case. Uh, mm. Without speaking first to the church, um, yeah, and you got to check uh, in with with their <laughs> co- with their literally hundreds of probably thousands of lawyers, millions of lawyers. Really, I mean, it's just a, yeah, it's an army. It's all lawyers. It's, <laughs> the entire church is just lawyers at this point. You know, if they could pull that off, they would probably do it. <laughs> they would. They would. They should. They should take those hundred billion dollars that they've got and send everybody to law school, <laughs> which is but you yes, know, what, paralegal school. You know, sure, you have sure. to be the lawyer, right? Just that's work true. In there, the office, there's got to be. Too. There's got to be something for the ladies to do. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they sent out this thing that was basically, uh, 
very clearly there, and by the way, what they're referencing is a policy that they've had in place sort of since forever. But, you know, these, uh, all of their clergy is lay clergy. Everybody, all of their bishops, uh, which is, which is sort of the, the leader of each of the parishes, uh, are just called from the group. So none of them are, they're not paid. They're not, uh, and they, they're not trained in any appreciable way. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. So this was to remind all of these ding-dongs, hey, we don't like it if you, if you do anything in, uh, in any sort of legal proceeding or anything without checking with us first. Right. Which is, uh, could be problematic. You know, they, look, every organization sort of, has that policy they you know check with us before you participate in a thing but this was sent out very clearly to to put a to to chill to put on ice the notion that you have that any of these people anybody who's sort of involved in anything should should feel free to even like answer a subpoena right yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 the words obstruction of justice uh, were being thrown around as a potential outcome of this, right? That like, right. That like this kind of, that, that if, if the church is stonewalling, um, uh, you know, some, you know, legal action, um, that that's essentially what it, what it could amount to, right? Yeah. Um, but, but like more so than like, even like the ins and outs of of this i mean it just speaks volumes to their desire to control and to keep secret what they want to control and keep secret as an organization right. uh, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't smack of transparency or trust or um any of those kind of things right oh it n the reason that it doesn't smack of that is because it smacks exactly of the opposite <laughs> they <laughs> They want no transparency. They don't trust anybody. Right. Shut your fucking mouth and talk to us. Don't ever talk to them. Right. Is what this is about. And this came out suspiciously around the time. And we have not really gone into the whole Chad Daybell mm, thing. Yeah. Um, this was, this is a guy, I'm sure most of our listeners have seen all this stuff because it made international news, but this is a guy who uh, who was a Mormon, but like got into some crazy his own prophesying. He started basically his own little Mormon cult, mm -hmm. um, and then you know his his wife's kids started ended up dead and in his backyard. Nothing suspicious so, about no, any no, of no, it, no, no, no. You know, uh, but yeah, suddenly <laughs> the church. This all happens. This guy's going to court. This Jesus. like. That's crazy. Preliminary hearings are happening now. And suddenly the, the LDS church starts sending out a thing that's like, don't do anything in court ever without talking to us first. I mean, how, how much do they mean ever here? Like, yeah, like it's, I think any they mean ever. Case. I think they would rather all of probably all of their members, but at least their leadership people who again i can't stress enough are not hired they're just dudes from the ward 
Right, but I'm uh, saying something in their personal life. They're not talking about that, are they? Oh, like I'm I'm guessing like that somebody's if involved the, what, with some real estate something or other that goes wrong, right? Like yeah. very personal, very much their own business, perhaps their business, right? They don't right. mean that. They couldn't possibly. But that's how they're uh, it's so blanket what they're saying. Yeah. The way that this thing is worded is just we remind leaders and members of a long standing of and members. Leaders and members. So that's Okay. Everybody. Okay. Of a long-standing policy that church leaders should not involve themselves in civil or criminal case uh, uh, in a, in civil or criminal cases regarding members in their uh, regarding members in their units, yes. quorums, or organizations okay. without first consulting there with the church legal counsel. There we go. There it is. Yeah, they don't mean anything and everything. That would just be ri- ridiculous. Right. Okay, but so frankly, another member is involved in something. If you called them on everything, yeah. they would probably appreciate it. <laughs> if you called them on everything and like, hey, do I need to talk to y'all about my my neighbor suing me over my tree? And he, I cut I cut down a tree that I think's on my property, but he thinks it's on his property. Do I need to call y'all about that? Well, their first uh, question would probably be, is your neighbor a member of the church? Right. Does this uh, is, does this affect any church property? Are you the bishop? Is your neighbor the bishop? Okay, then no, we don't need to be aware of it. Don't worry about it. But thank you for your. We're glad you called. Your... <laughs> there, I guarantee you, there is a paralegal at what Kirtland McConkey or whatever their uh-huh. their big yeah. law firm, whose job it is to just go through all the ding dongs and just be like. Uh, nope, we don't need to be a part of that. Or, <laughs> yep, you need to shut the shut your mouth. We're, we're taking over on this one. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to escalate you to uh, Mr. Kirkland. <laughs> and or McConkie. And or McConkie. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my God. It's, uh, here's the thing. Like, what the... You're right. What this is about is a church that desperately doesn't want anyone to meddle in any of their business at all which doesn't strike me uh yeah i think all churches are like this probably to some extent and and then and the thing is that like i I get i get to some extent why you would want to be uh a little insular yeah why you want your shit to be your shit and not everybody else's business yeah i will say this though most churches aren't as centrally organized as the lds church is oh my god right like like this is a top-down organization like the catholic church wishes they could be this centrally organized right and they have a pope right like the the church downtown owns every single church building in on the face of the planet Right. right. Or at least owns the entity that owns them. Right. Like, right. Like nothing's locally owned. Nothing is locally controlled. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Nothing. If a, if, if a, a ward or a stake, you know, if a, it, the stake is the equivalent to the diocese, if they decided that they wanted to break away from the church, they'd have to start from scratch. Yeah. They own nothing. They yeah. got nothing. That's part of the control. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's an interesting thing because... Uh, religions in general, they're controlling. Yeah. They're controlling. Uh, this one does it 
really, really well. <laughs> They're extra on the control. Which is why people, when they leave it, feel like they've left a cult. Yeah, Oh, only because it uh, 100% is yeah. a cult. Yeah. In almost every appreciable way, that in every way that makes a thing a cult, that's what the Mormons are. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... It, Short of like going full Scientology, you're not going to find a more crazed controlling group. <laughs> to the point where, literally, when the news broke of the of the church's found, you know, hundred billion dollar endowment that they have invested all over the world, it no one was more surprised than members of that church. <laughs> They didn't know it. Right. We, we, I mean, like, we all guessed that they had a lot of money, but the fact that their own members had no idea that they were sitting on that kind of wealth. Yeah. Uh, is just telling about how this group operates. And that's just telling about religion in general. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think I think especially I think as a as an interesting sort of microcosm I think the LDS church is a fascinating stand-in for just religion in general a, l <laughs> a little synecdoche if you will for religion in general Ugh I mean I guess so but I, mean, I hope maybe, most people didn't have religious experiences like ours right ugh, Like yeah. I and I kind of I kind of suspect and and know that they really didn't, you know, like if you grew up in a nominally Methodist household, it's f far cry from growing up in a nominally That's you know, true. Mormon household where That's it's true. just still, even though your family's sort of, mm, yeah, about the whole thing, it just gets its tendrils right in you, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. In a, in a it, I guess it is way. telling that Mormonism just straight standard down to Brighamite Mormonism is a fundamentalist church that has fundamentalist versions of itself. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. Like, like you want to get real crazy, you, you have to see that there are fundamentalist versions of this fundamentalism. That's <laughs> nuts. That's All right, funny. well... Tell us about your fundamentalist upbringing if you want to. Write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist. That's easy to find. And click on the like button. And while you're there, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. Uh, it is a closed group. We will let you in. Also, find us on Twitter at TGIatheist. Hey, I want to just say real quick that the TGIA Members Only Lounge has been a little bit tricky to search. I don't know what Facebook's doing with their algorithm, but if you want to, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash TGIA dot members only. Nice. Also, if you like what you hear on the show and you'd like to support us and you'd like to continue hearing more, please support us. You can go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab and then figure out the, the best way for you. Thanks so much to uh, Gordon Johnston for some of our music. And the Red Rock Hot Club for the other music. And thanks so much to all of you guys for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.